Welcome once again to the Lawrence Avenue Church of Christ Worship Resource Podcast for Sunday, July the 24th. We continue to hope and pray that you and your families had a good week, that you're in good spirits, good health, and prepared for today's worship service. Here are today's updated announcements. Sister Tracy Lillard's mother came home on Thursday. Continue to pray for her, her family, and Sister Tracy. Continue to keep Brother Don Carruthers and his family, as well as Sister Rhonda Bostic, Sister Maddie Dow, Sister Pat Baskerville, Sister Deborah Green, and the Roberts family. Let's continue to keep them in our prayers, as well as everybody else that you may have on your personal prayer list. Also, let's continue to pray for all of our bereaved families that are still going through the bereavement process, as well as those who ask that we pray for traveling grace. Let's continue to stay connected by making phone calls, sending cards when we can, and also sending text messages whenever we can. With the restart of Bible classes on Sunday morning and on Wednesdays, continue to respect, be considerate, and mindful of the congregational COVID-19 protocols whenever you're in the building. We will continue our study series titled Growing Old Gracefully in God's Grace this Wednesday, and we will conclude Chapter 4 of the series titled Aging and Adapting to Change. Again, I do look forward to being with you again this Wednesday evening at 7.15 p.m. This concludes our updated announcements for today. We will now join today's worship service. Good morning. Announcements for the Church of Christ that meets here at 904 Lawrence Avenue. This is the Lord's Day, July 17th, 2022. Welcome to the Lord's Day worship. The psalmist wrote, O come, let us sing to the Lord, let us sing to the rock of our salvation, let us come before his presence with thanksgiving, let us shout joyfully to him with psalms. Welcome to all who have set aside worldly distractions and have gathered here this Lord's Day to worship God in spirit and in truth. Our most warm greetings are extended to any visitors we have with us this morning. Please know that you are our honored guests and that you are welcome and appreciated. We always endeavor to present ourselves as a friendly and hospitable congregation. As some would say, just hang around after worship and we'll demonstrate that love. Let us continue to practice an abundance of caution by observing all safety protocols, including temperature checks, mask wearing the entire time, and social distancing. Thank you so much for your ongoing support of our safety procedures. Please note, we have returned to the building for our 9 a.m. Lord's Day Bible study. Brother Alvin Bell is our teacher, and he is teaching from the Foundation Series Isaiah Part 2, Selfless Servant, Suffering Servant as well. There is a midweek Bible study, Wednesday at 10 a.m. and 7 p.m., taught by Brother John Phillips here in the auditorium. There is also Brother William Carruthers' call-in lesson on Wednesdays at 7.15 p.m. Thanks to all the teachers and leadership for making these options available. 
10 a.m. and 7 p.m. There will be a uh, recognition, the Believe to Achieve program. A picnic, July 23rd at Severe Park. Do we know the time? 10, 10 a.m. Severe Park, 23rd, that's next Saturday. Then on the Lord's Day, on the 24th, there will be a recognition ceremony for the students we have in our congregation after morning worship. And there will be, hopefully there will be a flyer to hand out at the conclusion of service. Thanks, thanks to all who attended the Churches of Christ picnic on yesterday, Lawrence Avenue was well represented with a, uh, with a good number participating. Church, let us uh, continue to support all the ministries that are provided here at Lawrence Avenue by our participation and prayers. Let us continue to remember those who have lost loved ones. The mourning process is different for every person. Let us be available in whatever capacity is needed for comfort for one another. Please pray for Sister Maddie Dowell, who is in Richland Nursing Home, room number 230-230. Let us continue to pray for all who ask for prayers, including, but not limited to, Sister Baskerville, Sister Green, Sister Bostic, Sister Bonds and her son, Sister Tracy Lillard's mother, Sister Belafont and her Aunt Joyce Norris. Let us pray for the Roberts family, the Carruthers family, particularly Brother Don, as well as Sister Angela's mother. Please continue to keep all who are anticipating medical procedures, pray for all, as well as those traveling in our prayers. Let's pray for all families gathered within the sound of my voice. We are all in need of prayer. Let's take advantage of that power of prayer. An addendum to the birthday list. Sister Linda Templeton's birthday was July 11th. Order of service for today. Song leader, Brother Taylor Moore. Scripture and prayer, Brother John Phillips. Sermon, Brother Arnold Spivey. Prayer for offering and Lord's Supper, Brother Gift. Closing prayer, Brother Glenn McLean. Collection, Brother Tyrone Moore and Brother Spence. I have a flyer that I'll post in the back. Church of Christ at East Side presents Ladies' Day program. When life gives you lemons, make lemonade. James 1, verses 2 through 3. Saturday, August 27th, from 9 a.m. to 1.30 p.m. Registration at 8.30. Again, Church of Christ at East Side. That's all I have for you this time. Let us thank God for another opportunity to get it right, and let us continue to strive toward that perfection in Christ Jesus we were talking about. Thank you very much. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. All right. For our first song, let's turn to page 595. 595. Stand up, stand up for Jesus. 595. All found, let's all sing. Stand up, stand up for Jesus, ye soldiers of the cross. 
course, lift high his royal banner. It must not suffer loss. From victory unto victory, his army shall lead. Till every foe is vanquished, and Christ is Lord indeed. Stand up, stand up for Jesus, the trumpet call obey. Forth to the mighty conflict, and this is glorious day. Ye that are men now serve him against unnumbered foes. Let courage rise with danger and strength to strength oppose. Stand up, stand up for Jesus, stand in his strength alone. The arm of flesh will fail you, ye dare not trust your own. Put on the gospel armor and watching unto prayer. Where duty calls or danger, be never wanting there. Stand up, stand up for Jesus, the strife will not be long. This day, the noise of battle, the next, the victor's song. To him that overcometh, a crown of life shall be. He with the King of glory shall reign eternally. Page one, two, one. One, two, one. Scripture in the prayer follow page one two one. Do all in the name of the Lord. One two one. One two one. All found. Let's all sing. Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord. Do not in name of man or creed. Do all in the name of the Lord. Do all in his name. Do all in the name of the Lord. In word or deed as God decreed. Do all in the name of the Lord. Be not deceived by worldly greed. Do all in the name of the Lord. The Spirit says in word or deed, Do all in the name of the Lord. Do all in his name. Do all in the name of the Lord. In word or deed as God decreed, do all in the name of the Lord. If you are toiling for a crown, do all in the name of the Lord. Oh, do not trust in worry now. Do all in the name of the Lord. 
do all in his name, do all in the name of the Lord. In word or deed as God decreed, do all in the name of the Lord. Till toils and labors here are done, do all in the name of the Lord. Dear Christian friends, if you be one, do all in the name of the Lord. Do all in his name, do all in the name of the Lord. In word or deed as God decree, do all in the name of the Lord. Good morning, family. For well, I was glad when they said, let us go into the house of the Lord. You could have been somewhere else, but you chose the best thing, to come and give thanks and honor and glory to the one who made us. This morning's scriptural text is found in Colossians 3, verses 12 through 17, and I'm reading from the King James Bible. It's Colossians 3, verses 12 through 17. Verse 12. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy, beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Let the word of God Christ dwell in you richly, in all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another, in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Verse 17. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Amen. Colossians 3, 12 through 17. Let's go to God in prayer. Pray with me, church. Almighty God, most high God, creator of all things. Jehovah Yahweh, the true and the living God, the God that we all should serve. Father God, we want to thank you. You touched us with your finger of your mercy this morning. Great is thy faithfulness. We did not have to see this day, Lord, but because you love us so much, you gave us one more opportunity to get things right, to glorify you, to love you and show our love and our obedience through the faith that we have and the belief that you can do all things. There's nothing that is impossible for you. Father God, we thank you for your son. He left glory 
to come down to this low ground of sorrow, this sin-cursed earth, this place where men then and still do want to do their own thing their own way. We have forgotten who you are. Not all of us, Lord, but the world seems to be against us on every turn. So we thank you that Christ was willing to die for our sins when it should have been us on that old rugged cross. He gave up his life that we can be redeemed and reconciled back to him through the shedding of his most precious blood. And on that third day, you lifted him up, conqueror of death, hell, and the grave, thereby reconciling and redeeming us back to you through his death and his suffering. Father, we can't really thank you enough. And although we say it in prayer, Father, I pray that our lives are seen before the world as a living epistle, seen and read amongst men that they may know there is a reality of serving you, the true and living God. We thank you for your Holy Spirit that dwells within us, who guides us and comforts us. We thank you, Father, for all the things you continue to do for us, not only on a daily basis, but on a minute-to-minute basis. You're a good God, a loving God, who cares and shows us compassion. When we act up, we can be stiff-necked and hard-headed like our forefathers, but you still make a way for us. We don't deserve your goodness, but you're such a good God. You keep giving to us anyway. So we thank you. We thank you not just in word, but in deed and in truth. And Lord, I pray that the words of our mouth and the meditation of our hearts will be acceptable in your sight. For you are a faithful God, and you expect us to worship you in spirit and in truth. And Father, I pray that on this day, at this time, we worship you just as you desire, not according to our own wants or needs. Father God, we pray for this world that we live in. She has gone crazy. We're still suffering with the pandemic, Lord. We're suffering with murder, with strife, with anger. Father God, there's just so much going on. Father, right now, I want to pray for our children and pray for those children that are in Texas, their families, and I pray, Lord, as we are about to go back into another school year, that our children can go to school free of worry, free of things being done to them, free of their precious lives being taken. But, Lord, we also know that those people that do those things, if they ask you for forgiveness, you will forgive them, as we should also, Father. I pray, Father, that our love is so strong and so bright that the world cannot barely see to look at us because of the brightness of Jesus who is in us, who makes us do the things that we want to do for your sake, for your glory, and for your honor. Father, we pray for those now that are struggling with life. So many of our young people are confused about who they are, what they are, what they should be. And I pray, Father, for them. We pray, Father, that they'll have a space of time to come to you before it's everlasting and eternally too late, before the door is shut and the judgment begins. I pray, Father God, for those that are homeless, those that are hungry for both righteousness to learn as well as food that they need. And I pray, Father God, that as we see them in need, that we're willing to help them. Even if they don't say thank you, Father, we're doing your work so we know you're not unrighteous to forget our labor of love. We pray for those that feel hopeless and helpless. Those young people that are so confused they want to take their own lives. Father, we 
we're your servants. Give us the courage and the strength and the desire to do the things that you would have them to do, have us to do, so that we can make this a better place. Yes, we realize this is not our home, but it, this is where we are for this moment. And I pray, Father, that we can make this world a better place. Jesus changed it with just 12 disciples. One church can do a whole lot, Father, so I encourage us to do all that we can for your glory and your honor. Father God, we pray for the young brother that's gonna stand before us, Brother Spivey, to break off into us the words of life. Give him the ready remembrance that he needs, Father, to, to explain and to exegete his sermon so that we'll understand those things that we should be doing. Not only apply them to our lives, but let the world see that this is how we roll and this is how we strong, uh, want to be every day, Father. Forgive us of our sins. Father, we thank you for this blood-bought, Holy Ghost-filled church, the one that Jesus purchased with his name, with his blood. And Father, I pray that we will always be that bright and shining light to a dark and to a sinful world. Thank you, Father, for all the things that you have done, that you are doing, and that you will do in our lives, and that we will proudly and boldly carry the banner of Jesus so the world can see. Thank you, Father, for this time of worship to you, and I pray that our worship comes before your throne as a sweet-smelling savor, holy and acceptable in thy sight. For it's in Christ Jesus' name that we pray and ask it all. Let the symbol of the Lord say, Amen. Amen. It's all Mark page 702 for the invitation song. 702 for the invitation song. Now let's all notice page 717. 717. 717. 717. Our film, let's all sing. I heard an old, old story how a savior came from glory. How he gave his life on Calvary, and to save a ranch like me. And I heard about his groaning, of his precious blood's atoning. Then I repented of my sins and won the victory. Oh, victory in Jesus, and my Savior forever. And he saw me and bought me, and with his redeeming blood, he loved me and I knew him, and all my love is due him. And he plunged me to victory beneath the cleansing flood. I heard about his healing, of his cleansing power revealing, how he made the lame to walk again, and caused the blind to see. And then I cried, dear Jesus, come and hear my broken spirit. I then obeyed his blessed commands and gained the victory. Oh, victory in Jesus and my Savior forever. And he saw me and bought me, and with his redeeming blood, 
He loved me and I knew him And all my love is to him And he plunged me to victory Beneath the cleansing flood I heard about a mansion He is built for me in glory and I heard about the streets of gold and beyond the crystal sea, about the angels singing and the old redemption story. And some sweet day I'll sing up there the song of victory. Oh, victory in Jesus and my Savior forever. And he sought me and bought me, and with his redeeming blood, he loved me and I knew him, and all my love is to him. And he plunged me to victory beneath the cleansing flood. Oh, victory in Jesus and my Savior forever. He sold me and bought me and with his redeeming love. He loved me and I knew him and all my love was due him. And he plunged me to victory Good morning. Once again, good morning and welcome home, saints. Yes, sir. All glory, honor, and praise be to God the Father that does all things well. I'm going to let you know this morning that now is not the time for you to be scrolling through your cell phone. Now is not the time for your body to be here and your mind to be on the other side of town. Because the hour cometh and now is. So God has given us another opportunity as the dawn of the new day broke this morning. God looked down from the shores of heaven, still finding favor in man. Has given us another opportunity to assemble ourselves here this morning for the purpose of worshiping him in spirit and in truth. He has given us another opportunity to work out our soul's salvation. So the only way that we can do that is to give God his glory. To give God what's due to him. And we are to worship him this morning in spirit and in truth. So if you're here this morning for any other reason, I'm going to give you a chance to exit. Stage left. Because we're all about God's business here. And today is God's day. It's the time that we assemble to worship him once again in spirit and in truth. Is that all right this morning? So let's be about God's business this morning. It was read into your hearing this morning from the book of Colossians chapter 3. It was read verses 12 through 17. But I want to go back a couple of verses, and I want to start this morning. I want to back up just a couple of verses here. I want to back up to, to verse number 10, to where it says, and, and have put on the new man, who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. 
where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave nor free, but Christ is all in all. And as we get into our scriptural text, the first word in verse number 12 says, therefore. That therefore goes all the way back up to verse 1, and it ties everything together. And with our scriptural text this morning, verses 12 through 17 is what we're going to be looking at this morning. I'd like to use for a topic this morning, the well-dressed Christian. The well-dressed Christian. You see, it has been said that, that, that the clothes make a man. Mark Twain said that, and, 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 and we can look at each other sometimes and, 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 and determine by the way that we address sometimes, we put value on that. We say, oh, look at brother so-and-so. He, 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 he's dressed this morning. He must be this, or he must be that. When we got up this morning, I know we put a lot of time and attention into what we're going to wear to worship service because we say, I got to be dressed up for church. That's the problem, church. We get dressed up sometimes. We, we, we say, well, I want to be dressed to impress. And we get stressed, time to dress to impress. Because, see, the problem is, we're dressing to impress the wrong person. Amen, bro. I'm going to let that sink in for a second. It used to baffle me. I'd go to Akron, Akron would come here, and they would have on jeans and shirts. And I would say, they don't know where they're at, do they? But does it make a difference how I dress? I'm worshiping him in spirit and in truth. And see, and when we dress to impress, as I said before, sometimes we want to impress the wrong person. I'm more concerned with what how Brother Bell thinks, does my shirt and my tie match? But now I want you to think about instead of being dressed to impress, why don't we dress for the job? You ever seen a football player? You ever seen a Titan player on the field in a three-piece suit? that wouldn't be dressed for the job. He puts a uniform on because he's dressed for the job. But see, the Christian needs to do the same thing. The Christian needs to stop dressing to impress and dress for the task at hand. We say sometimes, well, you know, I, I, I got to wear this because it's in style. Well, the problem with being, with dressing to stay in style, styles come. Styles go. I've got a blue suit I've had for 22 years. Still fits. So I still wear it. Double breasted, it's coming back. Don't throw it away. If you keep it long enough, style will come back. And the other problem with style is what I think looks good may be offensive to you. The style now is to let your pants sag. To some of us, that is offensive. How can you walk around like that? See, sometimes we get caught up in the wrong thing. When they come through those doors in the back, they're coming here to worship. And if you're caught up more on what they have on than the task at hand, then maybe you need to reevaluate yourself. 
So now when we look at the Christian, our topic once again is the well-dressed Christian. Now for the Christian, I'm going to drop something right here on you. What was in style in the first century, catch it now, is going to be in style in the 21st century. So the way Christ dressed back then, those garments he had on are the same garments we need to be putting on in the 21st century. So not, stop dressing to impress and dress for the job. As I look out this morning, you look good. When I got ready last night, I had shirts and ties laid out. I had so many, I, I confused myself, and I had to ask my wife, does this match? And she said, no. And as we got up this morning, she said, what colors are you wearing? And I said, does it matter? But she didn't know this was going to be part of the sermon this morning. I said, what does it matter? And she says, well, I'm keeping on what I got out. And I said, okay. The bottom line is this. Sometimes we dress to impress the world. We dress to fit in with the world. But we're going to see this morning that, that, that Paul is going to let us know that there are some garments Amen. that we need to put on as, as Christians. And there are going to be some undergarments that are going to conform us. And when we put on the right undergarments, it'll make the outer garments look even better. That's what I want to look at this morning. Our topic, once again, is going to be the well-dressed Christian. I'm not going to let you doze off this morning. I'm going to keep you on your toes this morning. Well, Brother Spavin, what are those garments that I need to put on as a well-dressed Christian? We need to put on love. We need to put on peace. We need to put on thanksgiving. And we need to clothe ourselves with the word of Christ. Paul began in chapter 3 of Colossians by noting that, 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 now that we have been set free. So he tells us now to seek those things where? He says we need to seek those things which are above. Not only do we need to seek them, but we also need to do what? We need to set our minds on those things that, that are above. Well, how is this possible? It's possible because we have been raised with Christ. We are hidden with Christ. Now, I, I, I want to break this down right here. Now, we have been raised with Christ, and that was in the past. We're hidden with Christ now. That is the presence. And the scripture says now, I'm going to be raised with him in glory. And that is the future. So see, Christ has everything. Christ takes care of the past, the present, and the future. But when it comes to the future, it's up to us whether we make it to glory or not. If we don't make it, we can't say, well, Brother Glenn, you kept me out of heaven. I kept my self out of heaven. Now, he says, now he goes on, he says, now, therefore, there are some things that we need to put to death. He says, now, put it to death, or he says, now, put it off. And that term, put off, it gives significance to or it gives the application of stepping out of some old clothes. I'm going to step out of some old clothes, but he tells us that when I step out of the old stuff, I can't walk around naked. I need to put on some new garments. And these new garments are what we're going to be talking about this morning. Because, see, now, we are no longer that old person. 
We are to be a new creation. No longer in the world, but the Bible says I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. So I shouldn't be dressing with the same old garments. Mm, I should have on some new garments. I'm going to take off those old things. Because see, now that I am a new creature in Christ, I've got a new ethic. It becomes love. I've got a new heart, and my new heart now is filled with peace. I've got a new attitude. My new attitude is now thanksgiving. I've got a new passion. My passion now is no longer in the world. It's in Christ Jesus. These are all going to be the attributes of what a new Christian, a well-dressed Christian looks like. So you see, sometimes we put too much emphasis on the physical appearance and not enough on the spiritual appearance. So there are four imperatives that I want us to look at this morning when we look at how we are going to dress. And these four imperatives, when we let them weave themselves together, church, they'll make a beautiful tapestry of what the child of God is to look like. And we're going to begin to, to weave these things together to see what the Christian's wardrobe needs to look like. The first imperative can be found in chapter 3, verses 12 through 14. And I'm going to give you a chance to open up your Bibles. So if you do have an electronic device and I see you scrolling, you should be scrolling over to Colossians, the third chapter. So I'm going to let you scroll on until you get there this morning. And when you get there, it says now, therefore, and we said that therefore goes all the way back up to verse number one, and it ties all of these things together. But I want to draw your attention to verses eight and ten, where Paul begins, he says now, he begins to give us the motivation for being a well-dressed Christian. And some of the things that Paul is saying is, Paul is saying now, <clears throat> excuse me, Paul is saying now, you are now, you have been selected by God. Think about that. I remember when I was coming up, you know, and we'd go to the playground and we'd play basketball and we'd play baseball. Remember how you had the two captains? And one would flip a coin and they'd say, well, you choose first. Mm, I want, I'll take him. And this person would say, well, I got him. And then there'd be that last person. He'd be like, okay, come on, man, I got you. But now for the Christian, there's no standing in line. Because he says now, we are the elect of God. So why else do I need to be concerned with my wardrobe? He says, because now I have been set apart by God. I'm holy. I have become special to God. I am beloved. So when Paul says now put on, it becomes imperative. That term imperative means it is of vital importance. So it's important that I do these things. And Paul is saying here now the main object of this imperative is the word love. So when we look at this term love, Paul gives us in the verses of scripture here, he gives us a five-fold description of what this love should look like. 
So if you ever wondered, well, Brother Spivey, can, can you show me, can you tell me what love looks like? I can tell you according to the scriptures. So if you're there this morning, I want you to, to, to look at what Paul is saying here. What Paul said is now these, these five aspects of love equate to the fruits of the Spirit. So this is what it's going to look like. So when we begin to get dressed in the morning, we've got to make sure, church, that we have a certain amount of compassion. And you can say, well, Brother Spavre, what is compassion? In Luke 19 and 41, Christ comes out and Christ has compassion for the people. He has so much compassion for them. In Luke chapter 19 and verse 41, it says that he fed them. Not only did he feed them, church, but it goes on and say now he healed them. What's your point, Brother Spivey? The point is this. Christians should be the greatest helpers of the poor, of the blind, of the sick, of the afflicted. Anytime somebody needs help in your community, where should it come from? It should come from Christians. Because we should have compassion. We're going to go down the list of what love looks like, and we said now the first of those is compassion. It is love that has been put in action by a tender heart. I look at somebody and, 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 and I see the conditions that they are in and I am moved by compassion to help them. Mm -hmm. Kindness. Kindness is when I, I look at my neighbor and, 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 and I say, you know what? Your, your grass is getting a little high there. So when I cut mine, I'm going to cut yours because I know you haven't been feeling well this week. So see, I, I've got to have some compassion. I've got to have some kindness. You remember the Good Samaritan? Mm -hmm. He was willing to help. And even he went a step beyond. He said, now, if there's anything else that he needs, go ahead and take care of it. And when I come back, I'll take care of you. Do we have that? Do we have compassion? Do we have kindness one for another? It's getting quiet this morning, Lawrence Avenue. Because, see, we can't figure out why the numbers in the church are dwindling, and it's because we don't dress up like God wants us to be dressed. You can look at me and shake your head, but it's going to get real this morning. Man. We put emphasis too much on the wrong thing sometimes, church. We spend too much time in here. You don't have to say amen for it to be so. We need to have humility. It's the opposite of pride. You go to the restroom and somebody has, has, has done something in the restroom and you see it and it's something that you can take care of but you run out and you look for somebody else to do it. You got too much pride to bend down. Oh, that's not my job. Told you it's going to get real this morning. We're dressing up. We're trying to impress the wrong person. We need to have some meekness, church. 
Meekness is I can be the strongest person in the world, but I'm able to bring that under control. When I'm meek, I have the ability to run down there and choke Brother Ernest, but I say, no, I don't need to do that. Thank you. Y'all saying, what's wrong with Brother Spivey? See, if I'm meek, I can want to run down there and choke Brother Ernest, but I'm saying no. But when I get down there, if Brother Ernest strikes me, I'm saying, okay, it's all right. My meekness is going to kick in, and I'm going to say, I, something is going on with Brother Ernest. That's not normally him. But then I'm going to have to drop down to long suffering. And long suffering, church, is not an easy garment to put on. Long-suffering is, is, is not how we respond. It's, it's, it's how we respond to people and not to circumstances. Long-suffering. Long-suffering. <laughs> In a long-suffering church, if you ask God to help me with my long-suffering, God is going to interject somebody into your life. Mm -hmm that will take you through, through stuff. some stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to say it, Sister Moore. <laughs> but I remember years ago, I, I, we were in Bible class, and I said, one of my problems is patience. And I remember Sister Moore said, Brother Bible, be careful what you ask for, because God will give you what you ask for in ways that you would never think. <laughs> and so if you're asking for long suffering, now he may put somebody in your life that will call you every other day. I need this. I need that. But God is helping you. God is giving you what you have asked for. Hmm. But now when we look at these things that we just finished looking at, these five virtues of love, these are, if you will, these will be our undergarments. So when I get up in the morning, I'm going to put these on. These are going to be my undergarments if that's all right. But now, but when I put on my undergarments and everything is where it needs to be, then I'm able to, to put on some outer garments. And Paul says now, what the world should be able to see if I've got on proper undergarments is it should be able to see me bearing and forgiving mm. one another. I'm bearing one another. Bearing one another, and I'm also going to be able to forgive one another. Brother Ernest, can you go to Galatians chapter 6 and verse number 2? And while he's getting there, while I'm, I'm bearing with one another, what I'm doing is I'm enduring hardship or I'm enduring difficulty for the well-being of your soul. Do you got it, Ernest? Bear ye one another's burdens. And so fulfill the law of Christ. So here again, church, when I'm bearing with you, here I, here I am. I, I, I'm enduring some stuff that, that I don't necessarily have to, but I'm doing it for your benefit. But now another hard garment to put on is where it says forgiving one another. If I'm not able, to forgive you, church, for something that you have done. Instead of me putting on what God wants me to put on, I'm stepping into bitterness. 
And when I step into that, that bitterness, if I'm not careful, that thing can turn into a cancer of my soul. Because that thing begins to, it begins to grow. It begins to spread. Every time I see Brother Gift, ooh, I'm just bawling over what he did to me last year. And I need to be able, church, to forgive him. Why is forgiveness so important, Brother Spivey? It is because God has forgiven me. Now, here's the key that we, that we struggle with sometimes, church. Forgiveness is a choice. And it's not based on emotions. It's a choice. I choose whether or not I'm going to forgive, Brother Gil. But when I look at my life, when I look at all the things that I have done, and God says, you know what? If you repent, I will forgive you. So why can't I do the same for Brother Gibbs? Brother Gibbs says, Brother Spivey, I'm sorry for what I've done. And I'm kind of going to forgive him. But now, <clears throat> here is the key that I need to drop in here, too. Every relationship that has caused us hurt may not be restored to where it was before. Brother Gibb and I could have, been, could have been tight before Brother Gibb did something to me. Now, I need to forgive him, but our relationship may not be the same as it was before. But that hurtful relationship... It may not be restored to where it was before, but there still needs to be some forgiveness in that relationship. Mm -hmm. And see, because the person that fails to forgive, they continue to carry around an unnecessary reminder of what happened before. And see, and when we do that, we're not fulfilling one of God's commandments. And it's that we need to forgive. In other words, church, hurt hurts. When you think about that, hurt hurts. And what we need to ask ourselves is, is this. Am I letting the pain of yesterday, am I letting the pain of yesterday keep God from healing me today? Think about that. We've lost, that's the, that's the truth be told, we lose members sometimes, not only here at this congregation, but other congregations because people hear stuff, well, so-and-so and so-and-so said this, you hurt my feelings, I'm gone. And you can see them in Kroger, and they'll look at you and go down the other aisle. That relationship may not ever be like it was before. But there still needs to be some type of relationship where forgiveness has made its way into that relationship. I'm not going to give Brother Gil enough control over me that every time I see him, he upsets my day. It might take a while for that to set in, but we give people too much power sometimes. How you doing today? Ooh, I just let Brother Gift mess up my day. Yes, you did. But don't give Brother Gift that much power over your lives. Well, how do we do this, Brother Spivey? 
how is it that I can do that? Brother Ernest, go to Ephesians chapter 4 and verse number 32. How can I forgive Brother Gill for what he's done the same way God forgave you? And be ye kind one to another, mm -hmm. tenderhearted, yes. forgiving one another, mm -hmm. even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. So when I get dressed up in my spiritual suit, I've got on the proper undergarments. So that way, I look good on the outside. So when I step out, Brother Bell, I got on the right undergarments. Makes me look good on the outside. So when people see me, what are they going to see? They're going to see a reflection of Christ because I put on the undergarments. I put on the same garments that characterize the life of Christ. So when I step out, they're going to see Christ. Well, what is it, Brother Spivey? You see, now, there's something. You can buy the most expensive suit and church, but if you don't have the right tie to bring that thing together, people are going to look at you and say, oh, man. But now, when we get dressed up in this spiritual suit, what is it that ties all of these virtues together? We got to have love one for another. And so now we can't walk out of here and, you know, and, and next week say, Brother Bobby, I love you, but you know I'm hungry. Uh-oh, I got to come. Let me, let me put my mask on. Brother Bobby, I love you. My stomach's growling. You get in your car and you drive off. And I'm standing there. Thank you for the love. I'm about to get evicted out of my apartment. You come over and you say, Brother, where your furniture at, cuz? My lights, you, you flip the switch and my lights have been turned off. And you say, well, okay, I'll see you next week at church. Love you. That's the type of love that we have too much of sometimes. And it's not truly love at all. So for you to say something and not have any action. Because see, when you put love in action, you show that meekness. You show that, that kindness. You show that compassion. You show that long suffering when you love me. Don't just tell me you love me. If you dressed up like a well-dressed Christian, you're going to show me that you love me. And so when we get to the second imperative, Paul says, you know what now? We need to put on some peace. Put on peace. Paul says, now you know what? Let peace rule. Let peace rule. And the background for this is the term shalom that we talked about about a month or so ago in dealing with peace. And this term shalom gives the, gives the indication or it gives the view of spiritual wholeness. It gives the, it paints the portrait of a spiritual community where everybody's needs are met. Think about how, how peaceful Lawrence Avenue would be. 
everybody had all of their needs met. No bickering. No backbiting. We're letting peace rule. We put peace on. So he tells us now, he says we need to be controlled by the peace. And that's what it means when it says let peace rule. Now, sometimes we say, well, your peace is going to rule, but we miss where peace needs to rule at. It needs to rule in your heart. And we talked about this term rule in the same lesson that we did before. It gives the indication of an umpire in sports. And what Paul is saying here, let peace be the arbitrator in all of your decisions. Well, I need to say something to Brother Glenn. But before I say it, I need to ask myself, is what I'm about to say going to keep the peace between Brother Glenn and I? And if it's not going to keep the peace, then maybe I need to, to rephrase what it is I need to say. Or maybe I just might need to bite my tongue into a more convenient time. But see, so many times we, we say what's on the front of our tongue. And it shatters the bond of peace. Because people have said some things to me, and I smiled and shook my head, and I didn't understand what they were saying until I was driving away. And then I was like, ooh, I wish I had caught that then. We need to be careful, church, what it is that we say. Mm -hmm. And we need to let peace rule. And then he says, now, you know what? We need to accept the call of peace. We need to be willing to let peace rule. Peace should be on the forefront of our mind. But we come in here, bickering should be the last thing on our mind. Can you imagine, instead of the, instead of the outside hearing us sing songs, they hear us arguing back and forth. They're looking out of their windows when we dismiss, and certain members are, are leaving the parking lot on two wheels. And we're out there just pointing fingers at each other. That ought not be so. We have been called into one body, church. In other words, we're not family. And you can say, Brother Spiber, there are some dysfunctional families. Yes, there are. But that should only be out there. We need to make sure that we keep the bond of peace. And then Paul goes on with his third imperative. He says, you know what? And this is one that we struggle with as well. Paul says, you know what? You need to be thankful. Mm. You need to be thankful. I know there's some morning church when we wake up and we say, ooh, I wish I had this, and ooh, I wish I had that. But you know what? There's always somebody just a little bit lower. Right. And if that person that's a little bit lower is thankful for what they have, then God forbid you, you, are, not you are not thankful for what you have. Mm -hmm. But he says now we need to be thankful. And, and I, want you to look at, I want you to look at this church now. When, when it comes to being thankful, 
there are no limitations, there are no qualifications on this being thankful. In other words, I'm not being thankful sometimes because I want you to catch this now. This is how we act sometimes. We, we, we thank God when he gives me this. Oh, thank you, God. Thank you so much for this. But now, if I'm a well-dressed Christian, I'm thanking God even before I get this. Ooh, I'm so thirsty, but thank you, God. Because I know you are able to provide what it is I want. So I'm going to thank you now because I know you are able to provide it for me. So when I get it, I thank him again. But see, we don't do that sometimes, church. This being thankful here is a, what they call a volitional act. In other words, it is a decision to not based on what I have received. It is a commitment to, not based on some things I've already deceived. And so, in other words, this volitional act is a, is a decision. It is a commitment to, and it's not motivated. In other words, what I'm saying is, when God gives me something, I'm motivated to thank him. But this volitional act is, I'm thanking him before I even get it. I am conditioned as a child of God. It is my choice to thank you. I am committed to thanking you, even if I don't get what it is I'm asking for. Amen. Even if I don't get what I want, God, I still know you're able, and I'm thankful for what I have. He says, I'm content. Whether I've learned to be content when I've had an abundance and when I didn't have enough. I'm content. The child of God should be content. Because when we realize, church, that God's hand is in everything, I should thank him for everything. But sometimes we only want to thank him when we get what we because see just naturally sometimes church we, we fuss and we get angry when we don't get what we want when we want it how much we want and the ways that we want it but I want you to turn with me now to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 18 and we're going to squash this attitude right now 1 Thessalonians Chapter 5 and verse, verse 18, and we're going to squash this. What you got, bro? In everything. In what? In everything okay. give thanks. Mm -hmm. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. In what? Everything. Now, in everything. Yep. That's, that's inclusive. That's everything, church. Mm -hmm. Everything doesn't leave anything out. I'm thankful in everything. If I wake up this morning and both my knees hurting where I can't walk, thank you, God. Because it could be my knees and my ankles. If I wake up this morning, Brother Glenn, and one side of my shoulder is hurting and I can still use the other side, thank you, God. The child of God should always be thankful. But 
but we let that old world seep in sometimes. And we forget because the scripture says be thankful through Christ. Be thankful through Christ. Because see, church, there are some only some blessings that we can get by being in mm. Christ Jesus. Those spiritual blessings in Christ Jesus. And so when we look at being thankful here, once again, and I got to make this clear because when it, when it hit me and I was like, hey, okay, that, that makes sense. When you understand that everything that you need, everything that you want, everything that you ask for, God has his hand in. Then you can understand why we need to be thankful to God. Let's break it down. Let's make it simple. Brother Bell wants a new boat. He goes down to the Nissan dealer and says, thank you, Nissan dealer. I want a new boat. And the Nissan dealer's going to look at Brother Bell and go, we don't, we don't sell boats. And see, we do God the same way sometimes. We wait until God gives us something, and then we say, then we say thank you. Or we get upset at God because this is not what I I wanted. I wish I had some more time to get on with this, but I, my time is, is hastily getting away. So I want to go a little bit further into our fourth imperative here. And it says, put on the word of Christ. Put on the word of Christ. And it parallels what we've just read in Ephesians 5 and 18. Can you go back over there, Brother Ernest? I'm sorry, go to Ephesians 5 and chapter 18. These two verses kind of parallel themselves here. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 18. And what we're looking at now, it says, put on the word of Christ. You got it, bro? And be not drunk mm -hmm. with wine, wherein is excess, okay. but be filled with the Spirit. Okay, that's what I wanted right there. So being, to be filled with the Spirit is the same thing it equates to letting the word of Christ dwell in you richly. To dwell. Do we understand the significance when he says dwell with us? See, when, when something dwells with you, it takes up residency. Mm -hmm. It comes in, it looks around, and it says, ooh, this is my room. And you say, okay, you can dwell there. But now when you let it come in and dwell richly in you, you're, you're not only saying this is your room, you're saying you have access to You could even go in my closet and take out some of my garments if you want to because you, you are dwelling now within me. So when, when, we tell, when we let the Spirit come in and you say, well, Spirit, I'm going to let you dwell in me richly. You got to understand what you're saying. Because now you're going to be led by the, by the Spirit. And so when it, when it comes in and it fills you up and it dwells within you, when the word of Christ dwells within you, and, and, and we were talking about earlier letting that peace be the arbitrator, now the word of God also becomes the arbitrator. It becomes to be the ruler of your life because now you're led by the spirit. So it's no longer thus says the man, it now becomes 
Thus says the Lord. So are we dressed to impress? Or are we just a well-dressed Christian? It makes a difference. Dressed to impress. Because now, when these things happen, when I'm dressed the way God wants me to be dressed, there's a threefold blessing, church. And when you look at verse, six, verse number 16 in this third chapter, it gives us this threefold blessing. It helps us to understand more fully what the gospel contains. And it helps me to understand, really, basically, the truth of the gospel. In other words, it helps me to understand that I, I, I have been accepted and because I've been accepted, now I'm going to obey Christ. Not that I obey Christ and then I am accepted. Because see, one is salvation and the other one is slavery. <clears throat> one of those things that you might get going home today. And it also, it will encourage us, church, because it says now, Teaching is instructing. Admonishing is correcting. But according to the scripture, it fascinates me what the Bible tells me how I'm going to do that. How am I going to teach people? How am I going to admonish them? Psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing with grace in my heart to the Lord. That should be a celebration, church. That should motivate me when we come here to do those things. But the last thing that it will do is this. It will encourage us to be consecrated together, church. It will do some things for us. It will move us. It will change the way that we think. Because now 317 says, now, whatever, whatever. So no matter what I'm doing, it says, whatever you, that makes it personal. Whatever you do, <clears throat> in what? In word or deed, it's comprehensive. He says, do all in the name of Jesus. And, and, and this hits home at me <clears throat> when I'm working. We have a guy that gets there late. He takes two additional smoke breaks, and then he takes a lunch break. And it just infuriates another coworker that I work with. And she gets all, Arnold, Arnold, he's taking another smoke break. And I said, OK. I can only do my job, and I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. But I'll tell you this now, at 4 o'clock, if I'm doing my job, I'm going home. I've done what I have been commanded to do. Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord. Mm -hmm. And once we understand, church, that everything that we do, we're doing it in the name of the Lord. Even the remedial tasks that we do then take on now a greater significance in our lives. So as we conclude this morning, it says, let the word, let the word of Christ dwell in you. Let it take up residency in us. 
clothe ourselves with it, church. And so if, as we put on all these characteristics here, it is a wardrobe that's been made by a divine tailor. Not Armani, not Gucci, not Prada, but I'm wearing the Father. There's an old commercial that said, don't run nobody's name on my behind. But now for the child of God, what we have on are the same garments that were worn by Christ Jesus. So these garments are tried, and they're true. And when you come up out of this watery grave of baptism, it is a one size fits all. And so as we go about this runway of life in this Christian journey, Christ would love to see us clothed the way he was back then in the same garments that he had on back then. But in order for us to get fitted for these garments, First, we got to get cleaned up. We got to go down in this watery grave of baptism, and we've got to follow God's plan of salvation in order to get cleaned up. We got to hear the word. We have to believe the word. We have to repent of our sins. We have to confess Christ as being the Son of the true and living God, and then be baptized for the remission of those sins. And see, and, and, and that's where we get cleaned up at. Because, see, nobody puts on new clothes without taking a bath. And see, once we get cleaned up, we become a new creature in Christ Jesus. We begin to put on these new undergarments, Brother Gibb. And as we continue to put on these new undergarments, something is going to show on the outside, and the world is going to say, it's got to be a child. Of God. So as we do this this morning, we no longer need to dress to impress, but we need to dress for the job. If you are here this morning, whatever you need, whether it's prayer, you can come. God answers prayers. Whether or not you need to accept Him as your personal Savior this morning, you can do that as well. And then once you accept him as your personal savior, you don't have to worry about keep going down to D and K and, 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 and what's the other place we went to? K and G and all these other places to get dressed up. Let the word of God begin to dwell in you richly. And God will dress you the way he wants you to be dressed, church. So if you are here this morning, no matter what it is you need, whether you need prayer, or whether you need to put him on in the watery grave of baptism, now is your opportunity to get what it is that you need. So please examine yourselves that we extend the invitation. Will you come, please? Do we have one this morning? Do we have another this morning? Will you come, please? That blessed promised land, and but he'll guide us with his eyes. Will there be another this morning? And we'll follow till we die, and we will understand it better. And will there be another this morning? Singing by and by, Lord. Will you come, please? The morning come, and it's all the same.
saints of our God. We have another this morning. Gathering home and we will tell the story of how we overcome. If not, you and may be seated. We will understand it better and by and by. And oft our cherished plans have failed and disappointments have prevailed. And we wandered in the darkness, heavy-hearted and alone. But we're trusting in the Lord and according to his word. And we will understand it better and by and by, singing by and by, Lord, when the morning comes and it's all the saints of our God are gathering home and we will tell the story of how we overcome and we will understand it better and by and by. Well, thank you for listening, church, and I want to leave you with this. When I was coming up, my mom used to always tell me before I was about to go somewhere, she said, now make sure you put on clean underclothes. Make sure you put on clean underclothes because you don't know what's going to happen. So now, to the child of God, when you get up in the morning, I see somebody smiling back here. When you get up in the morning, make sure you put on your clean spiritual undergarments. Because, see, we don't know what's going to happen. So make sure you're dressed for the job and don't get stressed, dressed to impress. Thank you for listening, church. Once again, let's church say amen. amen. So thankful for that message. The well-dressed Christian. You know, I can be dressed to the max on the outside and on the inside be full of dead man's bones. <laughs> The, the Bible says that we as men sometimes look on the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart. <laughs> we would do well in our spiritual lives if we start from the inside out and come out. If we start from the inside, the outside will be taken care of. I ain't got to worry about sagging pants. <laughs> if I start from the inside and trying to dress according to what God's word would have me to do. <laughs> it's gonna take care of the outside if I start with the inside first. <laughs> and then he gave us all of that love and peace and joy. Is that in your life? <laughs> I need to ask, is that in my life? Because that's what it's all about, y'all. Thank you, Brother Spivey, wonderful message. We have those that have come to make their wishes known. Brother John Phillips would like to thank the congregation for all that they've done for his family. Uh, he says Eleanor is through with chemo and now she's getting ready to start with the radiation. God is good, y'all, all the time. Brother Danny Giff is coming and he is asking for the prayers of the church for patience and self-control and he wants us to keep praying also for his family members as well 
Let's continue to pray one for another. And at this time, y'all pray with me. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, once again, we are so thankful for all that you've done for us. You allowed us to wake up this morning with another portion of a reasonable health and strength. And we are just thankful, Heavenly Father, for all that you've done for us, especially of that of thy son and letting him die for us that we may have a right to the tree of life. Heavenly Father, we come mindful of that and we ask that you would please forgive us of our sins. Please blot them out of the book of remembrance, Heavenly Father, where they may not come up against us no more in this life nor in that to come. We come mindful, Heavenly Father, of those that have come to make their requests known. We are thankful, Heavenly Father, that you have worked in Brother Philip's life as well as his family and that you are letting things be as well as they are. We've, we ask, Heavenly Father, that you would continue to bless all that are dealing with all types of things, Heavenly Father, and all types of struggles, those that are having procedures and those that are coming out of procedures. We ask that you would continue to be with them. Bless those, Heavenly Father, that are even in hospice care. Bless them, Heavenly Father, guide them through, and, and bless the families that are dealing with that as well. Father, we pray also for Brother Gift. We ask that you would please strengthen him, Heavenly Father, and give him the things in which you see he stands in need of, not only him, but all of his family as well. Bless all of our families, Heavenly Father, and help us to be the example for those that are not in Christ yet. Help us to be the example to them that they may come to thee before it is everlasting too late. Continue to guide us and be with us, Heavenly Father, and help us as we go throughout this path of life. Thank you for all that you've done for us. In the name of Christ we pray. Amen. for the message he brought to us this morning. As we prepare for the collection and for the communion, let's all turn to page 353. 353. 353. All found? Let's all sing. Jesus, my Savior, to Bethlehem came. 
Born in a manger to sorrow and shame, and know it was wonderful, blessed be his name, and seeking for me, for me, he was seeking for me, he was seeking for me, and know it was wonderful, blessed be his name, and seeking for me, for me. And Jesus, my Savior, on Calvary's tree, paid the great debt and my soul he set free. And know it was wonderful, how could it be? Dying for me, for me, he was dying for me. He was dying for me. And know it was wonderful, how could it be, dying for me, for me. And Jesus, my Savior, shall come from on high. Sweet is the promise, as weary is fly. And know I shall see him descend in the sky, coming for me, for me. He is coming for me. He Come me for me, and know I shall see him descend in the sky, coming for me, for me. According to Second Corinthians chapter nine, verses six and seven, it reads, "But this I say, he which soars sparingly." shall reap sparingly, and he that soweth bountifully shall reap bountifully. Every man according as he purposes in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I'd like to thank you for the collection that has been taken up. We pray that that is that is taken up and being used as according to your will, Heavenly Father. Amen. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. Now we come to the part of the worship where we should commemorate our Lord and Savior until he comes again. According to Matthew 26 and verse 26, it reads, And as they was eating, he took bread and blessed it and break it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. Verse 27 and 28 reads, And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink, drink of it, drink from it, each one of you, for this is my blood in the New Testament, which is shed for many, for remission of sins. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we'd like to thank you for the body and the blood of your Son. In his name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You may take up the bread. And you may drink out the cup. Now this concludes this part of the worship. Good morning, everyone. A beautiful attendance this morning. It's good to see each and every, every one of you here this morning on this beautiful Lord's Day. 
to our visitors once again, we truly appreciate you being here. We thank Brother Spivey for that beautiful message that he presented to us this morning. We're just thankful to be here on this Lord's Day. We do have two visitor cards. Jacqueline Merritt. Raise your hand. Jacqueline Merritt. Okay, it's in the back. And also uh, Richard Gaines. Uh, okay, we welcome both of you here. I think you've been here before. Uh, both, all of you have been here before. I uh, didn't get a card from the lady next to you, but we're happy to have you also here with us, I believe. Uh, no, Richard and is it Rhonda? Is it Rhonda? Okay, Richard and Rhonda. I didn't see that. Sorry about that. He wrote that down. Richard and Rhonda Gaines. We appreciate all of you being here this morning with us and hope that you come back. Again, we always want to find ourselves a friendly and warm congregation the way the Lord have us to be so. If you walk out the door of a congregation for the Lord and no one introduced themselves or spoke to you, that's bad. Uh, that is bad, so we always want to present ourselves in a friendly fashion. There are flyers on the back table. Uh, they are there now for our Believe to Achieve cookout tomorrow. Want to make sure uh, next, uh, excuse me, this coming Saturday, want to make sure that everyone gets one of these flyers, especially our young people. Uh, we're having uh, food and fellowship and fun. It is for all ages. It is uh, specifying for, I believe, to achieve, I should say, but there will be activities for all ages. Again, the time is uh, 10 a.m., and we will begin to shut down for cleanup at 2.15 p.m. So we won't be out there. It'll be in a nice shelter at Sevier Park uh, right around the corner. Uh, so we're hoping that all of us come out to participate in this. Again, that address is 3021 Leland Lane. That is, that is Sevier Park. It says, recognition for our youth for their achievement, achievements this past year and encouragement for the upcoming school year. Come out and in encourage our youth as they enter a new school year. We will have games, a bouncy house, that will be there also, a bouncy uh, basketball thing. We will have snow cones uh, machine going. So come on out and enjoy uh, the fellowship uh, very much. It's very encouraging to our young people to see us supporting them and behind them. School is very challenging uh, due to COVID-19. <clears throat> spoke to a lady uh, yesterday at the Brotherhood picnic, and she said she's, she's praying because her child will enter the school for the first time in two years in the eighth grade. That's hard. <clears throat> you know, that's hard. So uh, it's very challenging, our school uh, now because of COVID-19. So there are a lot of challenges that are, they're faced with. Teachers are faced with more challenges than ever before. So let's keep them in prayer too. But come out uh, for this cookout. Fun and just support and encourage one another. So make sure that you do get a flyer. Uh, for this, uh, the the we used to say youth committee. That, that now adults, young adults, are conducting uh, this event. So all of us over here get to sit back and enjoy and support uh, uh, for this. So come out and support them in this effort to encourage our young people. Do make sure that you get a flyer. 
we do appreciate all those that are pulling this program off and taking part uh, in making this possible. We appreciate you very much. Nothing further, let us stand. Oh, and you singing the closing song, aren't you? Yeah, let me get out of the way. <laughs> All right, let's turn to page four, five, six. He can lead the last song if you want to. I don't mind. I can, but I'm gonna let you No tears in heaven. Page four, five, six. <laughs> no tears in heaven and no sorrows given, and all will be glory in that land. And there be no sadness, and all will be gladness, and when we shall join that happy band, and we're singing no tears, and no tears, no tears up there, and sorrow and pain will all have flown, and we're singing Singing no tears, and no tears, no tears up there, no tears in heaven will be known. And some morning yonder, and we'll cease to ponder, and no thing this life has brought to view. And all will be clearer, and loved ones be dearer, and in hell where all will be made new. And we're singing no tears, and no tears, no tears up there, and sorrow and pain will all have flown. We're singing no tears. And no tears, no tears up there, no tears in heaven will be known. Shall we bow in prayer? Our Father God in heaven, we are thankful again for this Lord's day that you blessed us with. We're thankful, Father, for each person that is here in this assembly as well as assemblies throughout the world that have gathered together in your name. Father, we pray and trust that our services that have been rendered to you on this day have been pleasing and acceptable unto you. Father, we pray that we will continue to conform our lives and pattern our lives after Christ and after the word of God. Father, we pray as we are about to dismiss from this gathering that the teaching of thy word uh, and thy spirit continue to dwell within us each and every day. Amen. Father, we ask that you will continue to be with us uh, through the challenges of this life. Uh, Father, we pray that we will continue to lean on you for guidance and for instruction. God, always mindful of those that are sick, that you will bless them. Thankful for the one who spoke before us this morning, and may you continue to bless him and his family. Continue to watch over us and bless us. If it's thy will, Father, that our eyes will open tomorrow to see another day, another day, another week to glorify and serve you. We ask this prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.